Bethel Free Baptist Church weekly sermons. This sermon is taken from the 2017 Annual Missions Conference. This is the evening service of Wednesday the 31st of May 2017, entitled The Treasures of Missions, and the Bible reading is taken from Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 21. Here's missionary Tom Hastings. Appreciate that. Feel honored to be here. And uh, the other day we were t- I was talking with uh, Brother Dan and my wife and I and him, and they were talking about, and it was, something was said that the Curtises are younger than we. And, and Brother Dan said, of course. And I said, well, what does that mean? <laughs> of course. Well, we, we've been in the ministry a long time, and, and we are very thankful that at our age and, and our, that we are still able to serve God. God's given us a health and strength and we feel very honored to be here, and you've all have been a blessing to us. And I know my wife greatly enjoyed the Saturday seminar that she had with the ladies. And uh, tonight I'd like to look at you. The main thing we have is God's Word. And in Matthew chapter 6, part of the Sermon on the Mount, Christ's Sermon on the Mount, going to look at here and uh, uh, the treasures of missions. The treasures of faith, and uh, we're going. I'm going to read here verses 19 to 21. I ask you to stand in honor of God's word as we read this. Matthew 6. We always say in our church there that you know we get uh, some calisthenics, we get some exercise. Also helps keep us awake. Uh, Matthew 6, beginning in verse 19, and Christ tells them and us, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal for where your treasure is there will your heart be also this is why uh, what we count as treasure, what we count, count as uh, treasures or very riches in our life, that's where our hearts are. And that's why it's a very important theme for us. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Well, we thank you for your word. Well, we thank you for your challenge for us to lay up treasures in heaven and not on earth. And God, may our hearts truly be upon you as you are in heaven and as you throne there. And let as you thrown in our hearts, and God, we have this treasure of your presence in our hearts, in our lives, in earthen vessels, as we heard so ably on Sunday. God, I pray that you might have your will and way in our hearts, Lord, that we would be challenged and blessed, Lord, as we are, are go on to new heights of presenting our own lives and bodies and our whole lives to you as a a sacrifice of love, Lord. We thank you for your great love to us. In Christ's name, amen. Amen, you may be seated. You know, most of the time, in God's Word, you look in the Old Testament in many areas, God has a, has a plan A, and we have a plan B. And God usually presents the plan A first. That's His perfect will. This is an unusual passage, in that God starts with plan B. Plan B is not to lay up for yourselves treasures upon earth. But that's where he starts. 
And he starts with the negative, I believe, because the negative is where we live in this flesh. We have a body and we have needs and we have natural inclinations. Now, we've learned as we know the Lord Jesus Christ and perhaps been saved longer, that our natural inclinations are not the direction that God wants us to go. We want to be changed. And so, uh, but we will deal with this. As long as we live in this flesh and blood, we will be, have trouble with covetousness. And this is one of the problems that we have in our lives. Is We want things. We like things. And believe me, this world goes to great lengths to get us to want things. And not to be satisfied with what we have, but to want other things, new things, and better things. And uh, I'm going to read you a passage here in, in 1 Timothy 6, but we'll be dealing with this again and again here in Matthew 6. In 1 Timothy 6, in verse uh, 10, uh, excuse me, through verse 6 through 10, and then again verse 18, it says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment. You know, being content is something that is difficult for us as individuals, but something that God tries to, uh, says is important to us. It says, it goes on, verse 7, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Wow. That's a very explicit section talking about covetousness and our wanting things. And it deals with that. I mean, it was true back then, 2,000 years ago. It was true in the Garden of Eden. It was true throughout history. This is something that we have when we deal with. And uh, it is certain that we can take nothing out. We all know that. Uh, when we get buried, there won't be any pockets that we're going to have. I mean, what's it going to do? You know, we, you can't take it with you. But we have this uh, covetous, we want things. And uh, then it goes on here, also in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 17, uh, gives another command, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. So we're not to trust in uncertain riches. You know, uh, wealth is not something that we can keep. Well, well, there's so many uh, verses in the Bible dealing with this. Uh, the uncertain riches. Where are your riches today? Now you may... You may own a house. You may own a car. You know, you, there's some different things. Clothes that we have. Thank God we have clothes. You know, we own, we own some things. Uh, you may have some, some trinkets, some souvenirs. 
when we're out looking at different things and we're thinking about taking something to remind us of our time here. We look at something and it looks so nice and say, my wife says, well, it's a dust collector, you know? Uh, and these things, we need to be careful about these things. Achan, in the Old Testament, as they took over Jericho, he, was, uh, he took uh, some Babylonian garments and he hid them. Well, he hid them. They took some gold and silver. Humanly, we can understand a little bit more, but it was forbidden. Don't take anything. And the gold and silver, you say, well, maybe later he could make use of that somehow. But where is he going to wear the Babylonian garments? I mean, that was something forbidden. And so uh, there are just different things that we come. Uh, uncertain riches. We, we want things. And uh, we need to be in uh, really touch with the Lord. And uh, I'm reading another passage here, and that's in Luke chapter 12. In Luke 12, the Lord, there was somebody that came to Christ and he said, uh, uh, my, they've got an inheritance. Talk to my brother that he would split with me the inheritance. No, don't want to go there with talking about inheritance, but in beginning in verse 5, and he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will, there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then those Shall, uh, then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So it is, uh, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Now we can be involved with gathering treasures for ourselves. Uh, through the years, you know, we're, we're at the age where you think about well, many people think about retirement. I'm not interested in retirement. I'm for retreading, not for retirement. But anyway, uh, so, but people say, well, what do you, what do you have for retirement? We, we own no house. We, we really don't have, we have a small savings. Uh, we, we own our car. It's 10 years old now, you know. We, we have things, but they're all a means to a purpose. All that we have is committed to Christ and for Christ. And uh, the devil would like to get us turned our attention and our hearts away from the things of God, the importance of God, and the glorifying of God unto things. And so that's the talking about tonight, uh, is our uncertain riches, the things of life. God's Word says so much about this. I'm just going to mention a few verses that deal with this. 
In James chapter 5 and verse 3, God's uh, word says to us, Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. You know, money, when you think about the difficulties, and uh, we live in very turbulent times. Uh, I, I get on the, I get in, in my email different kinds of warnings pretty regularly. Oh, the, the dollar going to fall and the economy and the banks are going to take your money and uh, they've got it now in America. They passed a law that under certain circumstances, the banks can attach whatever funds we have in savings. Where, where is money secure today? I know uh, Sandy said, be sure and talk about how that, uh, well, my, I have a, a wonderful mother-in-law. She was a supervisor for H&R Block, which is a tax-performing. Uh, so, as a matter of fact, clear up to she was 86, something like that. She was doing uh, in charge of one of those and like that. And one year when we lived in Colorado for a short time, uh, I made the, we made the mistake of having her do our income tax. Uh, never again. She, she said, what are you doing? You're, no wonder you don't have anything. You give everything to the church. And, of course, we don't give everything to the church. We wouldn't be able to buy milk and bread. But in her eyes, we gave too much to the Lord. We, gave, we give to missions. We give to church. We give to special needs. I mean, it's just uh, that's our lives. But uh, she was saying about this, and, and she thought we should... Uh, we should invest in a, in a house. We should have some property. We should have stocks and bonds. And uh, well, what was that in 2008? I believe there was a bit of a bump in the road for all the uh, uh, for all the retirements, all the different investments they had. And many of her friends had a lot of stocks and bonds. Some of them lost a great deal, if not everything. And she looked at us and, you know, we didn't lose anything. We didn't invest in that thing. We invest in precious souls. We in, in, invest in things of God. And uh, so we haven't lost anything. Uh, but the things you have, it, I, tell you, I think it would be a great uh, reproach to us as God's people if we have trusted in uncertain riches. Uh we, we like to do things. We, we do trips. We've gone down several times to Romania. We've gone uh, five times to Siberia. Uh, <clears throat> we've gone many places. I don't know, ten times to Italy and to what? Ukraine. Ukraine, yes. We've, you know, we've been to France. We've been many places, okay? And when we go, we always seek to be a blessing, to be a help. And uh, the last... We were going on a trip down to uh, Romania again this last, uh, what was it, in January? In January, we're down there. And so uh, we ordered some things to take down there to be a blessing for those that we're going to meet, things we knew they needed or they would like. And uh, uh, I, we ordered it, and it, we, we paid for it, and it came, and it cost about 35 euro. Was that 20, some 25 uh, pound, and I gained when I came to Germany, to England. But anyway, uh, and so we, we bought that, 
And we come to church that next that Sunday before we're going to go that week to Romania. And there's a man that comes occasionally to the church with his family, drives about an hour to the church service, and he came and he heard about us going down there. He came up afterwards and he was asking about uh, another need of a missionary. And so he, he took out his, his billfold and he, he got out a 50 euro shine. And I said, well, okay, I was going to go get an envelope to fill out for him to put in and maybe for this other missionary they're talking about. He said, no, this is for you for your trip down to Romania. And, you know, God just does things like that. Uh, we limit God so much. I know that you cannot, literally, you cannot outgive God. And having a heart to be used and open for God is a wonderful thing and opens us up to be used of God. Uh, in Jeremiah 17, I'm going to read here verses 10 and 11. I, the Lord, search the heart, I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. As the partridge sitteth on eggs and hatcheth them not, so he that getteth riches and not by right shall leave them in the midst of his days and at his end shall be a fool. Let me read that last part again. As a partridge sitteth on eggs and hatcheth them not, so he that getteth riches and not by right shall leave them in the midst of his days and at his end shall be a fool. You know, when I stand before God, I don't want to stand as a fool. And I don't want that for you either. So we're, we're talking about some of these attitudes. Uh, Ecclesiastes, I've got this written in this morning. I was reading this morning in Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse three, 13 and 14. There is a sore evil which I have seen under the sun. Namely, riches kept for the owners thereof to their own hurt. But those riches perish by evil travail. You know, we can seek to keep things for ourselves. And God provides. God provides. We talked about, you know, having uh, uh, to eat and to, to wear to be content. And so uh, these are important things. And, and the other part of this, as far as our attitudes and, and our attitude toward being used of God and letting God have the control over our, our funds, our lives, and our, our goods, in Proverbs 11 and verse 24 and 25, God's word says it, there is that scattereth and yet increaseth. And there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Uh, you know, it's very interesting verses. If we, we have a, uh, the attitude of being used of God, wherever we are, that we want to be used of God. We, we want to, what we own to be used of God, to be a blessing to others, and, and be open to whatever he has to say, uh, it, there is that scattereth and yet increaseth. It's amazing. You know, uh, anytime God burdens our heart, 
uh, we help other missionaries sometimes go to like the, the mission possible. And without fail, we see God's provision, God's blessing upon that. Uh, you reap what you sow. So back to our text here in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, read that again, verse 19 and 20 here. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. Now, isn't that interesting? He says, lay up treasures in heaven. Uh, how are you going to lay up treasures in heaven? Are you talking about, well, we've got the, the different rockets that we can shoot money up there. Is he talking about that? No. How do you lay up treasure in heaven? We're going to talk about that tonight. How to lay up treasures in heaven. If God commands it, then it is possible. In fact, I believe here in this church, with what you're taught and what you practice, that many of you are very rich people. Many of you are very rich people for what you've invested in the precious souls here in the community and in the world around. That's very wealth that we're going to be talking about tonight. So it is possible. How you do this? Well, let's look also here in the same chapter, beginning in verse 30. And uh, God's word says, Wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and, tom and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not, uh, not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The priority in our life is a very important part of our being, our souls, our attitudes. Uh, this verse 33 is so central in our lives. We're not supposed to worry about what we eat. You know, in our day and age, we live very well off in our society, generally speaking. I don't think there's, I know I don't look like I'm lost any meals, you know. We generally have to eat. We have to wear. We have a place to live, generally. We're a very wealthy society compared to most of the world today. And But we come here and we're not supposed to worry about these things and we don't get so captivated with these things. Uh, what what model car we have, you know, different things that we worry about and uh, appearances. We're supposed to be lived by faith and obedience, by seeking his kingdom. It says there, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, his rulership. Uh, this is talking about, this is not just talking about our society, this is talking about our individuals, our hearts. Our hearts should be God's kingdom where we are very much at his command. What the Lord wants, he'll speak to us, we're willing to do it. And so living the Lord's Prayer here in, in Matthew 6, verses 9 and 10, a very important part of this, 
Uh, after this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. You know, it's not really, it's being very hypocritical if we're very concerned with the lost around the world, in Africa, Asia, you know, around the world, but we're not concerned that his will be done today in my heart. That's where it's supposed to start. We're answerable to God for his rulership. We, we talked about being uh, filled with the Spirit, controlled of the Spirit, being full, I mean, where it's not, not my will, but thy will be done. This is the will of God. His will being done, that's it. Not my will, but thy will be done in my life. Really letting ourselves come and, and saying, we are at your command, the Lord, today. Should I do this and give me help when I go to the store to be the kind of a Christian that I have a message, how I deal with people, uh, having a true love of people, individuals. I mean, individuals, each one we meet is a precious eternal soul. And it's so important that we deal with them in a loving and a real way so that they can see Christ in us. And we have the opportunity. Uh, we need to have this kind of a heart. And, and this one reason we need our prayer life, our still, our, and sometime, excuse me, sometime, I'm sure there will be some German words that come to this mouth this week because I'm used to preaching in German most of the time. But anyway, but uh, that God would come and we take time for God, for God's word and for prayer and say, God, you know exactly what I'm going to be meeting today. There's nothing that we come into that's going to surprise God. God has our lives planned and there is no difficulty, no problems going to come that God cannot use to his glory and to the blessing of other people, that God helps us to be prepared to be a blessing to others when we come into those circumstances. His kingdom to be done in our hearts and through us to be a blessing to others. Yeah, uh, then what's else involved here in verse 33? It says, uh, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Uh, do we seek God's righteousness? I mean, this is something that if we need to be talking. You know, we cannot do in ourselves what's righteous and correct, but God can and that he would do it. You know, our own righteousness is trash. As we've talked about some driven along, rubbish, you know. Our righteousness. The world doesn't need our righteousness. They need the righteousness of a holy God, a loving holy God. And this is what needs to be work in our lives. In 1 Corinthians 10, 31 through 33, uh, that wherefore, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Give none offense, neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles nor to the church of God. And here's uh, Paul's testimony in verse 33 particularly. Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved. God, help us to have a heart for those around us. And I want to encourage you 
Uh, there's there's a, a lot of people in this area from all different religions. I mean, whether it's Hindu or Buddhist or Muslim, whatever. Jesus Christ is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We need to have a heart for them. I tell you that God, uh, God will save a Muslim person or a Buddhist the same as you or me or our children. He, he's not willing that any, and we need to be his instruments also to them. God help us to be soul conscious in our hearts and our lives, to be compassionate toward the others. Yes, he, that was Paul's testimony there. Uh, Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved. That goes totally against our flesh and our personal desires. Yeah. Being concerned for the salvation of souls, living by faith, godly, humbly pointing others to Jesus Christ. That's what your pastor says. That's what the Word of God teaches. We being concerned about others, witnessing by faith, relying on His working and the Holy Spirit, uh, Spirit leadership and empowering. You know, uh, God's not wants everybody to be saved, but believe me, we can't do this without the Holy Spirit and God's Word working in us and through us. That's so important. The His empowering, His leadership. Uh, pray for them. Praying in faith. Our battleground many times is a prayer life. And uh, I, I tell you, if, I think that's one thing that if we talk about, probably that every one of us needs to be under conviction that our prayer life is not what it should be. Uh, pray without ceasing. Talking about compassion for others. In Matthew chapter 9, just another page, two pages over in my Bible, Matthew 9 in verse 36 through 38, talks about Jesus Christ. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he to his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth labors into his harvest. You know, this is our Lord's only prayer request. I may have missed it somewhere else that he had pray for this or pray for that. But he says, pray ye, therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth labors into his harvest. God, help us to pray for the harvest, not just for the lost, but God would thrust out more labors into the harvest. My, we are losing the battle of the population. As we sang the song tonight, it says millions are dying in sin. It's to the point it's billions. That's millions of millions of people that are dying in sin, waiting, and nobody's there many times. And we need to be praying. God wants us to pray for labors to be th thrust in this harvest. This is our need. The harvest is plenty, but the labors are few. Pray ye, labor in prayer for the harvest. And uh, uh, it's so important to be involved in God in praying for the harvest and praying for the lost. Then there's another part, and that is also giving by faith. Such a blessing. 
You know, there was a time when I am, as uh, as your pastor, there was a time when I, at first, shortly after I began teaching, preaching, that I was sort of hesitant to talk about giving finances. Oh, that's such a touchy thing. People has their willful. I'm like the one guy that said he was getting ready to get baptized, and, and they said, well, uh, don't you want to, you know, you take off your watch and you take out your billfold? And he said, no, I want my billfold to get baptized too. Praise God when our, our pocketbook is committed also to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, giving by faith. That wonderful verse also that your pastor quoted on Sunday, Luke 6, 38. And this is a promise of God given. He says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. And you, you know, I can sure that there are people who say, yeah, sure, that sounds good. But I guarantee you that it works. It's true. But you don't give to get. If people do it with that attitude, it's the wrong attitude. You really should not be giving to get. You give because God lays it upon your heart. to be, And you give it as an offering to the Lord. And as we come and we give it because we love the Lord, we do it as God impresses upon us. And believe me, this week I can only uh, accentuate what the pastor has said. We're not here to get people out of emotion to give more than what God wants you to give. It's not us that tell, tell you how much you should give or what you should give and when. That's God's business. And we never give a, a dunning or anything in, in Germany for the people that give. But I tell you, as God, you give what God wants you to. Believe me, you will be blessed of God. Uh, now then, be, you know, if you're going to give, the only way you can give, not give is to not be like the Lord. John 3, 16, one of the wonderful verses of the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave. His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Because God loves, He gives. Now, you can give out of obligation or whatever without loving, but you cannot love without giving. True love is the giving, giving of our time, giving of our prayers, you know, giving of ourselves, what's necessary. Uh, it's important to be like him. He gives. Our lives are very special in, our, in God's sight and should not be wasted in squandering on ourselves and the world. In 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19 and 20, God's word tells us what? Know ye not that, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We are not our own. You know, Christ died for us. I mean, our total lives. He gave up his life totally at a price that we will probably only in heaven be able to comprehend what price Jesus Christ paid as he died on the cross, went to hell, and came resurrected. 
The father turned his back on him. There was a price there that you and I today do not understand wholly, but it was a terrible price. It was the price of the pains of hell for all eternity that he took our place on the cross of Calvary. And he paid that price, and it's our privilege to give our lives. He He bought for our lives. Our breath, our whole thing belonged to him, and we need to give him that which he purchased. We are his by creation. We are his by uh, salvation through the blood of Christ. And so it's our privilege to be able to give our lives back to the Lord. Our body, soul, and spirit belong to the Lord and to glorify him with it. In Philippians 4, now Philippians was a uh, church, I believe, was the greatest missionary church of the New Testament. In the life of Paul, Paul wrote these words in Philippians 4, verses 15 and 16. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again to my necessity. This Philippian church was a great church. A missionary church. They supported. And the fruits of uh, Paul's labors. I mean that's to their account. That's their account. And we're, we're going to deal with this uh, a little bit later on. It talks about then Philippians. About a heavenly bank account. We're going to talk about. That's how you can lay up treasure in heaven. Is our heavenly bank account. But talking about this. They gave. They invested And what a privilege it was of them to get involved. And back then it was difficult. Somebody had to go and take the offering. They didn't have banks and checks like we have today. It was a very very difficult situation. But today it's much easier for us to invest and praise God for that. And as a pastor also quoted even tonight in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 14 and 16... Uh, Paul gives a testimony to a church that God established through his ministry. And begin in verse 14, For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure, as though we reach not unto you. For we are come as far as you also in preaching the gospel of Christ, not boasting of things without our measure, that is of other men's labors, but having hope. When your faith is increased, that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. See, we have the opportunity. And that's what missions is and our missions conference. Uh, We have the opportunity to invest in precious souls. Talking about laying up treasures in heaven, my, your prayer life for the missionaries. Your prayer life for the mission field and the people there. Your giving. This is, you enlarge the mood and they preach the gospel to regions beyond you. There are, I don't know how many, there's probably thousands of missionaries that are in the process of raising their funds to get to the mission field. And one of the reasons it takes so long is because there's not much, not enough funds to pay for them. And you See, you cannot outgive God, and you give that to Him. Uh, 
In Proverbs 13 and verse 17, God's word says, There is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. That's Proverbs 13, 7. There is an individual that makes himself rich. And many times, that's what most of the world is communicated and working with, getting wealth for themselves. It says they make themselves rich, yet have nothing. And it would be a shame for us as God's people to come to heaven and to have no treasures in heaven, or very few, and think that we were rich on earth. There is that maketh himself poor, it hath great riches. When we invest in our neighbors, when we invest in the Lord, in his church, and in missions around the world, we are making ourselves rich. We're poor as the world looks at us. I tell you, there's a riches, eternal riches in giving to God. Jim Elliott died in 1956 at five, 25 years of age. Aka Indians uh, martyred him and also Nate Saint in the jungles of Ecuador. He gave two sayings particularly that speak to my heart. He said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. You know, the funds, the things that we have, who can keep it? We're going to take nothing out of this world. But we gain eternal rewards. We gain eternal treasures in heaven. And believe me, investing in souls as precious, more precious than gold, and that's eternal rewards. And then he said also, it is only one life, it will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. And when it comes to uh, the area of our giving for missions, and I tell you, I want to, to tell those, many of you who are, have been faithful in giving through the years, praise God. Praise God, you have treasures in heaven. And we just want to give what God wants us to give and to pray for the harvest. Pray for God to send more labors into the harvest field. Uh, praise God, it's a privilege to be involved, to be the ones going. It's a privilege to be the ones praying for them and giving for them. That's eternal riches that God has given to us. Yes, and our text today in Matthew Chapter 6 here, verses 19 through 21. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And that's what it's all about. Where are our hearts today? Setting our hearts on heaven. Paul writing also to the Philippians in Philippians 4. He said they had given him gifts when nobody else did. He says in verse 7, Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that, abound, that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, 
an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That's a promise to those that has a heart for the Lord and for missions. That isn't a promise for everybody that goes out and lives for themselves and tries to build themselves up and gain riches. No, it's talking about a church that had a heart to missions for the individuals. And I tell you, we have a God who will supply all our need according to his riches and glory. We have seen it so many times in our lives. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk, be talking more about this week. But I, I'm so glad to see you here today. And we, we want to look tonight. And I, I ask you one thing, particularly pray for the fields of the Lord that are white in the harvest. But the laborers are few. Help us to be those laborers. Help us to pray for them. as the Lord's only prayer request. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Let's stand for prayer. Our Lord and God, we have such a wonderful topic tonight about setting our hearts and our riches in heaven, of investing in precious souls in our daily lives, in our prayer life. And God, it seems like we're unable to give it justice. Lord, I pray that your love for us and your command for us and your will and your great provision would captivate our hearts. God, may we love you. May we love you and love those that you died for and be active participants in your great harvest in our own lives and around the world. I thank you for the faithfulness of this pastor and his wife, for the blessings and faithfulness of this church and their investment in church. God, help us all to have this type of investment until you call us home. May we be found faithful. And God, we pray that you would cast forth labors into your harvest. Help us to be those labors here and around the world. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. <music>